Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Hey, college football, choose your own adventure like no other. Chuck Oliver Show on a Friday. We're here to talk college football, and you've heard the preamble before, and it's true, and it used to be, actually, I would follow through on it. I always prefer, it's always 10 times, 100 times more interesting to talk on-field stuff than off. But I look at the headlines today, and we have a choose-your-own-adventure. Now, when I say a choose-your-own-college-football-adventure like no other, do you remember the choose-your-own-adventure books? You read the first three or four pages, and then if you want Timmy to go to the cave, turn to page 14. Um, and so you could choose your own adventure. Well, <clears throat> today's college football adventure, we don't have, <laughs> we don't have quite the normal choices. Um, we got a Clemson kid with a firearm, got an LSU kid using a firearm, and we have a group of five team so caught off guard which I don't understand how, um, by their coach leaving, that they just they folded up 10 on spring practice, temporarily at least. Uh, when their players start portaling out, I think maybe we, maybe we won't see a complete practice at Georgia State this spring. So those are some of the choices we have when we get to like page three or four of our Choose Your Own College Football Adventure, at least this morning. And I, I tell you what, I just, the gun stuff, I can't even deal with it right now. We're going to have Matt Moscona on later. Matt Moscona from our good friend from 104.5 in Baton Rouge. At least that's his mothership. But, I mean, it's TV and radio and everywhere in Louisiana <clears throat> uh, with Matt Moscona. We were at, I was in New Orleans about a month ago. Oh, that's one, just my favorite place to visit, just for like a three-day summer or other. Went to dinner with Matt at Crescent City Steaks. Old school, like one open room sort of joint. Um, had a real good time out there. So we're going to be talking to him later. Uh, but it's about LSU football. Sure. And I'll ask about the Hall of Defensive Linemen because they needed defensive linemen. You know what they got? They got some defensive I mean, like tackles, like big guys. So we'll talk about that. Also, I have to ask about Trey Holly and the, I believe it's an attempted murder charge. So there's that to talk about not just the defensive tackles, but also the attempted murder charge. We have Clemson guys on all the time. In fact, we'll talk to somebody from the Charleston Post and Courier later. I don't care to ask him about the Clemson kid getting popped with a gun. I just don't. Choose my own adventure. What I would really like to choose is the Big Ten and its commissioner. Credit that guy. He didn't, I don't think he had as many friends in the conference like when he first showed up, but he's been dynamic and Tony Petiti. 
He is, you know, the NFL started flexing games. And it was just a time. <laughs> I'd like him to flex locations uh, occasionally or whatever. But um, to improve the schedule on an individual Sunday, they started flexing game, game times. Well, they also started flexing dates, basically. Before the season, even, the NFL, they announced this several years ago. We're going to backload the regular season schedule with uh, division games so that even if you're two or three games back, you're like, wait a minute. We got two against the Texans. One inch, you know, so we, we can still make up ground. That's what they want. So they started structuring the schedule that way. Brilliant. The NFL makes a lot of right choices. That was another one. Petiti wanted to talk about that. But the biggest thing going right now is the story out of Atlanta, Georgia, which if it's February 15th, and you take the college football news cycle by storm, folks, it's not good if you're Georgia State and it's February 15th yesterday and you become the story. It's just not. Sean Elliott made a choice for him and his family, and because of certain, I'll say, options he has financially, career-wise, everything else, he had the option to just walk away completely, I'm sure. He didn't want to do that. He's young. He was working age, and he loves coach, so he was going to work. He's like, all right, well, if I'm going to coach because I love doing it and i got to do something, well, what would be best for me and my family? <clears throat> and staying at Georgia State simply was not it. Staying at a group of five program in one of the best recruiting areas in America. Staying as head coach, making $800,000 at a program where if you win just a little bit, then you can probably keep the job. Fancy new crib that at one point was an Olympic stadium. Like, you, if you just describe the Georgia State job, yeah. Go live the Georgia State job. Or maybe the Coastal Carolina job. Or maybe a lot of jobs in G5. Go live that. Now, if you're Sean Elliott and you've already been on big-time staffs for years and then you were an interim coach at South Carolina and then you got to be like the coach coach at Georgia State, I, don't, I, I have no idea about the man's wallet. I really don't know. I, it's, there's, a, there's the potential that he at least can live comfortably. He's made a good living, which means that he's at a spot where plenty of us, you can raise your hand, I'm at a spot where I need to ring out every last red dime. I get. You know, maybe that's you. I got bills, brother. I mean, maybe that's you. Sean Elliott, in that, maybe he doesn't cut his own grass or iron his own shirts anymore. He had an option. Do y'all remember Jake Plummer, the NFL quarterback? Hey, Jake Plummer, do you have any idea? Jake Plummer was like, I don't know, 30 or 31, was on the verge of a brand new contract. He's like, nah, I'm good. I quit. I got the money. He moved to the backwoods of Idaho, I believe. Do you know what Jake Plummer does full-time as his recreation and, I guess, amateur uh, pursuit? Mushrooms. Uh, Good choice. Handball. I don't even know how you really play. I know how you perform handball. I don't know how you score. I don't know how you win. I don't know what a smash shot is or whatever, but he plays handball. 
Well, for the record, he also is involved in mushrooms. That is genuinely a business activity of his. So you weren't just taking a Jake Plummer shot? No, no. He, he I, I know because he was at the Super Bowl pushing mushrooms. He's involved the in mushroom growth and s- mushroom for s- therapy and so forth. Sicilium or whatever extract? Um... Good for, he's a businessman, and he moved out to – he's like, no, I'm 30. I'm about to get broke off, mega contract. I'm done. I've got an option. Some guys have options. Play handball, grow shrooms. That's, he chose it because he had the money. Jay Cutler tried to choose that. Y'all remember? And then the Dolphins, or they pulled him back in. He's like, hey, Jay, I give you uh, one year, $10 million. He's like, mm, I really was going to sit at home. Let me think about it. Okay, I'll take the $10 million. Work for four months, get $10 million. So, you've, so guys have different options. Sean Elliott, because of college football income, clearly he had the option where he doesn't have to ring out every last dollar. He made the choice for him. I've seen articles this morning, and I don't uh, – you'd be hard-pressed to find a more – like my experience, by the way, Heath would know way better. My experience with Shane Beamer – like, you get what you see, man. Like, he is transparent and legit and authentic, and ju- he's just a good person. And it, sometimes it's not always the great news you want to hear, but he's pretty transparent about it. Um, a big fan of his. Um, I think he's a good coach, and I think he has to punch up. Shane Beamer, I've seen, he's getting heat that he should be ashamed of. A to Z Sports was one of them. Uh, I saw commentary in all kinds of places, and I'm just I'm picking one website. There's There's a bunch of it out there. Shane Beamer should be ashamed after his latest desperate move. Or I was like, Shane Beamer did the same thing Sean Elliott did. Now, at a higher level, Shane Beamer's making the choice for him and his family to stay employed best he can. And bringing Sean Elliott back, I don't know. They couldn't run the ball the past couple of years. You know what, Sean Elliott, like more than anything, I think if you said, hey, I'm bringing Sean Elliott onto my just anonymous coaching staff, I was like, I think you're going to get tougher up front and probably run the ball a little better. All right, where is he? And give me contacts. Well, Shane Beamer, he's doing the same thing that Sean Elliott did. Am I defending this? Yes. In the current system, he had a spot open. And I was trying to remember, they had one guy go to be head coach at Buffalo. They had a guy go to Illinois to be receivers coach or something. Didn't they have a guy guy go to Murray State, I thought? Yeah, Jody Uh, Wright got the head coaching job at Murray State. That was it. That was it. And so they needed a coach. They may still need a coach, as a matter of fact, but I know they need at least one. And so what did Shane Beamer do? He did the same thing Sean Elliott did. Do you know part of why Sean Elliott made his decision? A couple years back at Georgia State, he had, I believe it was the number one sack artist in college football. Kid was like, yeah, out. Transferred to Carolina. Had a monster season from a receiver, and then last year he's like, I'm going to Louisville. So part of why uh, Sean Elliott looked around and said, I'm going to make a decision for me and my family. Because you know his his wife, they stayed in Columbia. And so, I don't know. I like being around my wife, like a lot. Six months months a year. The football coach's schedule? That's 13 months a year. He's like, yeah, mm, I'm going back to Columbia. Well, why didn't his family come with him? That's a fair question, but it could have been, I don't know, maybe she's a junior in high school and we're going to let her finish. I don't even know if they have a daughter. But there's always a family thing, and that's their business. So the family stayed. He was head coach in Atlanta for like six years. And he's like, no, out. He made a choice. 
Shane Beamer, all he did was make a choice trying eventually for the same thing, stay employed for him and his family. Folks, do you know what the, I mentioned uh, Thrash, the receiver who went up to Louisville? You know what he did? Same thing Sean Elliott did. Except the big difference with the 18, 19, 20-year-old? Now, I've always said this. <clears throat> we have, like, I never hammered Tom Brady the way I did Bill Belichick about being a liar and a cheater because Tom Brady's labor, Bill Belichick's management. In every industry since, I don't know, forever, we've always had higher expectations for personal behavior, integrity, all that, from either the adults in the room or from management. Management, that's part of why they're management. Well, they're supposed to, you know, think differently and better and more and straight arrow and all that. Well, the kid, you can't even have expectations on the kid. He's but A, because of his age. But B, I just mentioned Sean Elliott had options. What's a 19-year-old kid? Tell me about his lifetime of options. This is probably his first bite ever at the Apple. And so him balling out for the Panthers and then saying, I am available for rent. Not purchase, because that's going to be the L.A. Chargers or the Minnesota Vikings. I am available for rent. Sam Hartman, I am available for rent. Sam Hartman had never gotten a bite at the apple. So the kid is doing the same thing that the assistant coach did, Sean Elliott, now assistant coach, that the head coach did who hired him, Shane Beamer. So what are you supposed to do? Strike a, like, I'm going to quit my job to make a point about where we're headed? No, I'm not. Are you? So this is the immediate, like, it was a situation, a family thing for Sean Elliott. That was the immediate, the right in front. If you want to elevate, not even bird's eye, like satellite image, like way, way, way up there, okay, yeah, there's a big discussion to have. Um, and I'm going to tell you where it's headed. Y'all, the Chicago Bears and the Arizona Cardinals, do y'all know the distinction of those two NFL franchises? Those are the only two current NFL franchises that were founding members of the league. Now, it was the Chicago Cardinals who then went to St. Louis and then out to the desert, and it was the Decatur Staley's who became the Chicago. So, But those franchises, they were there the first day, and they're the only two left. Do you know why? Well, because everybody else went out of business. In college football, we're now, and I'm not saying this is tragic. Like, how much do you enjoy the NFL? Because I enjoy it a lot. And the Columbus Panhandles don't play anymore. The Buffalo All Americans, the Massillon Tigers, the, the Akron Pros, the Dayton Triangles, none of these teams play anymore. And the NFL went along just fine when they went out of business. I'm not trying to be dispassionate here. Like Marshall football, there's a chance Marshall goes out of business. There was, was past tense, a chance Southern Methodist was going to go out of business. You know what they said? We'll take a seven-year hit just to, it. we're on a boat. And the ACC said, mm, how about nine? And they said, yes. So if if you look around and wonder whatever happened to the Portsmouth Spartans, they went out of business. It's happened in college football before. Tampa used to have a team. They're out of business. Wichita State had a team. Out of business. It happens. UAB had a team. They were out of business. Now they're back in. 
So this is where we're headed. And trust me, the folks at the top of this, if you think, oh, my gosh, college, you're going to stop playing football. Ah, clutch the pearls. You think it's a bug? I promise you it's a feature. (laughs) At the meeting, before the meeting, it's discussed and it's a feature. So many fewer teams and conferences to divide the money with. So that's where we're headed to. And like I said, for whatever it's worth, this is not supposed to be gloom and doom. The NFL, they got just 32 teams playing, and we love it. All right, we're going to take a break. Get into it next. The Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Right here on Chuck Oliver Show, and we are talking college football. Instead of choose your own adventure, there were other considerations, um, but the biggest story going, and the one that is most impactful, uh, and I've, I've said, we were on this, folks. We talked on this program, um, gosh, going to go back. It was right after Championship Saturday. It was right after championship Saturday, I want to say, that very next week. Um, started previewing bowls and et cetera. And I always, that time of year, am putting together like early look-aheads. And it just, I just keep it kind of for myself of conference, uh, all conference teams for the next year. And I'm looking at I'm realizing I'm having a hard time because so many big – like Jamon Dumas-Johnson – do I put him for Georgia or no? Okay, Kentucky. So it was an interesting exercise. And I remember coming on the air a couple of days after that. And my prediction, I could be wrong. I said, well, everything we're talking about with the big picture, the outcomes of Sean Elliott deciding what he decided. Um, we were talking in December that my prediction is by the end of the first month of this coming season, it will be a panic parade in college people will be looking around going oh this is not sustainable like it will not be nearly the competitive thing on a saturday to saturday basis for a great number of programs um and so there's going like i've said we keep saying expansion it's it's consolidation folks so so that's the biggest picture going and i really do believe by the end of say september in the first month of the season we're going to realize the effects of portal name image likeness etc the movement and the motivation uh it is going to be playing out in a very bad way on the football field i believe now one of the other stories that i was considering talking about to start the show uh was talking about the big 10 and dynamic scheduling the big 10 is going to have 18 members this year and they have decided that the end of the regular season needs to be scheduled so that it is just packed with games that carry playoff implications. And according to Tony Petiti, Big Ten Commissioner, quote, like many of the professional leagues do. Um, So it is another step, and it's a positive one, but it's another step towards, uh, again, the NFL, they consolidated. They had a whole bunch of teams, and then they and the best ones. And so even the worst NFL team, you look at it, and there's some degree of professionalism to it. Um, I think it's going to be a larger version of this and maybe 20 or 24 in the Big Ten and the SEC. And so that's what we're going to do. So that's what we're headed towards. And, and yes, just like many of the professional leagues do, they're going to have dynamic schedules so that most of the regular season schedules are backloaded at the very end of it in November uh, versus, you know, December in the league. 
uh, in November, they're going to really stack those schedules. And you know what it also does? If it holds, if you hold with intent, hold back the games that eliminate a program if you lose that one or too many, if you if they never played them, you have a lot more of your name programs entering the final month of the season with potentially undefeated or one loss records. Then they may, you know, they may wear two or three losses in the month of November, but you got an entire se- the first two months of the season. Michigan State, what a rebound! They're seven and zero. Oh, they're eight and four. Heath, how's it going, man? Chuck, you know one of the things you learn when you're young is if you got a scab, don't pick at it because it doesn't help it heal. And obviously, the longer it takes to heal, the bigger chance you get a scar and everything else. Somebody needs to tell Penn State people that because there's a group of people up at Penn State who are now lobbying to name the field after Joe Paterno at Beaver Stadium. You got to let it go. You would suggest that, yes, let it go. Might be time to just acknowledge, while some of you will never, ever, ever concede the point that Joe Paterno did anything wrong, that the world has reached a conclusion about what happened at Penn State And you are not, no matter how many times, well, what if you look at this email? You're never going to change their minds. And the more that you have this random group of people in the fan base, and again, these aren't cranks on a message board. These are are people who are trustees that keep getting these seats of power and then trying to once again just wind back the clock and act like nothing's changed since 2011. Uh, All it does is keep this alive, this negative image of your university that was cast for a lot of people that day, people do eventually move on. People do say, well, we know what that era was like, but you know, now it's been 15 years, been 20 years, new leadership, new coach, new everything. If you won't let people forget what happened, they're not going to. And I, look, we don't have enough time, obviously, nor do we want to have the whole Joe Paterno conversation again. But you just can't do this, folks. It's not that hard to understand why. You don't have to take his name off the library if you want, but you don't need to try and re-honor him in any other way. It's just dumb. Yeah, and I've talked about, I get regular emails from from Jay Paterno uh, and his foundation about books he's writing and speaking. uh, And I just, like, every time I'm like, I thought I had a rule to delete this. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com. 
Catch the king of college football no matter where you go with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. Chuck Oliver Show, dealing it out two hours a day, year-round, man. It's fun, too. We got all kinds of like good on-field impactful game LSU tidbits to talk about. They needed defensive line. They needed tackles, and they got them. Like nobody gets tackles, they got them. They are trying a new fruit basket of import defensive backs. We'll see if maybe new assistants will help the new. So we got stuff to talk about. But uh, a week ago, Union Parish. That's uh, that's way up north. That's like Monroe-ish, I guess. Um, There's a shooting. Two people injured, and an LSU football player is one of three people that have been nabbed so far, arrested in conjunction with that. We're going to talk, like I said, football stuff, but we've got to start with Trey Holly. He's a freshman running back who had a nice little season there. I want to welcome on from 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge, your good friend Matt Moscona. Matt, how's your Friday? Chuck, I'm doing great, man. Always good to chat. Thank you. Uh, three felonies are the charge. He turned himself in. It was a week after the shooting. Uh, so Trey Holly and two other individuals have been arrested with this uh, uh, shooting. He's been charged with three felonies. Uh, attorney says um, we're going to plead not guilty to all the charges, which is kind of what an attorney says. Tell me yeah. what your understanding of the situation is. Well, we kind of heard some rumors that an LSU player had been involved earlier this week. And then, obviously, it was Pete Thamel who who confirmed it with the sheriff there in Union Parish, North Louisiana, that Trey had been arrested. So um, there's not a whole lot of information beyond it for obvious reasons. This is one of those stories where you don't speculate. But uh, Trey was arrested, charged with three felonies, including attempted second-degree murder. So um, he's facing a... Uh, a pretty serious rap sheet there. Uh, he was being held on on bond as of yesterday. I had not heard this morning as of yet if, if he had been bonded out. It was like a half a million dollars bond he was on. Um, but um, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's one of those things where I think every coach uh, at the end of the regular season, between the regular season and spring, and between spring and the start of fall camp, they just fear the middle of the night phone call about the police blotter. And for Brian Kelly, he's largely avoided this during his time in Baton Rouge. This is obviously a drastically more significant charge here. But um, uh, but this is something that uh, that they'll have to obviously monitor with Trey Holly. And it's an until proven guilty. He'll have his day in court. And as you mentioned, yep. Chuck, his attorney said they do plan to, to plead not guilty. Yeah, and it was, what, a year ago almost, a year and a few weeks, the Alabama basketball team was going through something where somebody died. Um, and so, obviously, one of the players was involved in headlines and all that and wound up not being, uh, at least at this point, really connected to him in the way we all thought initially. So, you're right, innocent until proven guilty, but I just can't imagine being 18 or 19 and have three felonies, including one of them attempted murder, and that's what Trey Holly is facing. Um, just want to, and so I want the reason I brought up the Alabama basketball thing was because I remember talking to some guys over in Tuscaloosa and they were like, Oh, we didn't see this coming in recruitment. I'm like, mm, Well, there's a first time, and like if the first time you pull a gun and shoot someone is before you're 18, um, you know, that's really alarming. Um, but I gotta ask you, was there anything about Trey Holly's background? I mean, I, I, like I heard Darren McFadden coming out of was it North Little Rock? I was like, heard tough part of town toughest kid they've ever seen you know that that sort of thing anything yeah. about trey holly's background 
Not not that I had heard during his recruitment. And Chuck, you're right when you describe, you know, Farmerville. It's up in North Louisiana. It's a rural town. It's very small. So it it's not like this is you know something you might see in a in a like a, a big city inner city type deal. I mean, this is we're talking rural North Louisiana. Um, you know, just for context, but there there wasn't any conversation about Trey having any type of checkered past. And you're right. I mean, look, one one of the more popular players here, uh, Devin White, who's from that area. You know, Devin White, when he was recruited, was charged with some uh, some pretty shady allegations that um, ended up, you know, maybe being some half truths and kind of being swept away. And Devin was a, a model citizen when he was in Baton Rouge and has continued to be during his time in the NFL. So it's it's why I think allowing the, the judicial process to play out is, is important. I mean, for, for everybody, but to your question specifically, no, I mean, we, I hadn't heard anything about Trey Holly having any type of a, of a, of a checkered past. All right. Well, let's talk some on field then. Um, I was talking defensive tackles, well, defensive linemen in general. Let's just talk defensive linemen because LSU needed some and they got some. Um, but can we go old business? Mason Smith, I'm going to tell you what my expectation was last year. Every game, the ball would be snapped, and he would just start picking limbs off of offensive linemen and just step through them and just fall on quarterbacks and block out the sun. Um, that didn't happen. Why? That's a great question. And that was one of the biggest um, uh, disappointments in an area of need for this LSU defense. So, Chuck, I mean, it's not like we didn't see Mason. It wasn't like this was a five-star kid who got to campus and never produced. As a freshman, he was pretty dominant as part of his rotation. Uh, During fall camp before the 2022 season, I told you this on air, Chuck. He wasn't just the best defensive lineman. He was the best player on the team in fall camp in 2022. Tours ACL. And maybe it was something to that effect, Chuck. Maybe it's coming off a torn ACL. A a storyline that never got told much is he also suffered a pretty serious ankle injury in fall camp during a scrimmage where the media was present. So did that linger during the season? There's always the possibility that when you don't play football for more than a year, it takes time to get back in shape. The defense was not very good. He had five different five different defensive line coaches in three years. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that could be circumstantial that could explain it. But the undeniable part of Mason Smith is the physical is there. The size, the speed, the power, the agility, all of that stuff. And if if any NFL team manages to unlock that, they're going to have a a steal in the draft. But there's no question, man, that there was a much grander expectation for Mason in 2023 than what LSU got. Dominic McKinley, he looks fun. Um, talk about him. <laughs> well, he's kind of the next one, right? So Dominic McKinley's the number one player in Louisiana. He's a five-star interior defensive lineman from Acadiana, which is in the Lafayette area. And, I mean, Chuck, the numbers that LSU has on the interior defensive line, like they've got to, they've got to get Dominic McKinley to come in and play as a freshman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you mentioned Mason Smith, Chuck, Mason Smith, Jordan Jefferson, Makai Wingo were their, were their three best interior linemen. They're all gone. They lost three more rotational guys, young guys, through the portal. That's six interior tackles. They leave Chuck. They got two. They have two interior scholarship defensive linemen right now. I mean, they've got a JUCO kid coming in. You mentioned yep. Dominic McKinley. They signed another kid out of the you know in this this high school class, but. It's you know if if you look at at 
a roster, Chuck, and you go, okay, well, there's there's wants and there, there's needs and there's musts. Whatever is above a must, that's LSU defensive tackle in the spring portal. Like Brian oh, Kelly it, said last week, he, Brian Kelly said last week, Chuck, when he met with the Porters, they're going to move offensive linemen to defensive tackle in spring just to balance it out a little bit with the numbers because they don't have enough bodies. So you can practice. Oh, is it? absolutely. There are a couple of position groups around the SEC that that May portal period is going to be its blood for them this coming season. Like, they, they absolutely have to get it. Um, and so I was looking at the tackles. I was like, what in the world is LSU going to do? I was like, all right, well, they got one. Uh, and it was a big one. And I'm sure that he looked at the – he was showing the depth chart. Uh, Welcome to campus. Here's our depth chart. Say, it, yeah. Insert you here. Uh, all right, let's go to the secondary. It's been uh, corners in larger numbers. This time it's one corner and a pair of safeties. Uh, what is the thought about this version – uh, who will play with Corey Raymond and a new D.C. and a whole new staff over there, um, this new group of defensive backs. Yeah. Well, it can't be any worse uh, than it was last year, which is a weird thing to say about LSU secondary, but that's what it is. So they do return Zai Alexander, who is their best corner this year. He tore his ACL against Army, but he should be back. J.K. Johnson is a guy who they got from Ohio State last year, Chuck, but he was injured in fall camp, missed the whole season. So those two guys are back. And then you've got some young guys that played out of necessity that you hope grow up. The one guy right now that you look at and hope he can come in and be a starter is Jair Brown, another Ohio State transfer cornerback. If if some combination of Jair Brown, J.K. Johnson, Zai Alexander, and those freshmen we just mentioned, if you can get some type of competency out of them, you're going to be better because it would hard to, it would be hard to be worse. Um it's not wholesale portal turnover like it was the last two years. And Brian Kelly wants to build, he said, he wants to build through the high school ranks and supplement through the portal. And, and, he, is, and he is enacting what, he's, what his plan is. We'll see if it works. A big part of that is going to be developing these young corners that you had come in last year that, that didn't play particularly well. Um, none of them play like Derek Stingley or Eli Ricks or Dwight McLaughlin or Cordell Flott did as freshmen, um, but maybe they can develop. I'm not saying it to be in All-Americans, but guys that, that could be competent SEC starters because, Chuck, this is going to sound odd, man. There was not a single defensive back in LSU secondary last year that is a draftable prospect, not one. And that is a an uneasy feeling around Baton Rouge. Can I ask you, how much did Denver Harris play? He played in four games i believe okay. just sparingly okay because i don't remember i can't remember one play and he was a big time he's been a big time get twice and now he's at ut san antonio i believe yep. um all right last thing for you prime video the money game uh what is the thought around or the vibe around campus um i can't tell if they're worried or if they're like yeah advertising um prime video the money game it's a doc about lsu's name image likeness uh efforts I actually had a conversation uh, on air with Cody Worsham, who's LSU's chief brand officer, about this um, just a couple of days ago. So that's a process that actually started back in 2021. They started exploring that. So, Chuck, you want to talk about sometimes getting lucky? I mean, they just happen to show up on campus, and LSU has a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. I mean, sometimes things just work out in life. But, yeah, LSU's net of that is going to be a million dollars. The student athletes involved will all get NIL talent fees for, for participating as well. Um, 
Jaden, Olivia Dunn, Angel Reese, uh, Flaugé Johnson, another uh, women's basketball player among those that are going to be heavily featured. They're anticipating a release date um, either uh, late summer, early fall. But, um, I mean, it's a, it's an awesome opportunity for exposure for LSU, along with, you know, an op- a, a revenue generator, seven-figure revenue generator. And it's something that LSU needs. Um, you know, they need to be forward-facing to the world that you know, they are um, open for business in the NIL game uh, because fundraising and, and getting organized in the NIL space has been tough for LSU, Chuck. Even though you have these very high-profile student-athletes that have done well, the um, – you know the 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 core group of 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 engaging your your donors and building your collective war chest uh, to go to battle. That that's been a slow process for LSU, but they're they're starting to get um, really organized and concerned with those efforts and uh, and play a little bit of catch up. And I, I think that NIL documentary will help for sure. Yeah, I mean it's just strange time. Stetson Bennett made less money as a rookie with the Rams than he did as a six-year senior with Georgia. So it is just <laughs> – like Caleb Clark said, nobody, is going to – Nobody at LSU made that money. I, what I, what I will tell you this, Jaden Daniels last year when they convinced him to come back right before his his fifth season where he won the Heisman, his NIL payout from LSU's collective was, was low ones. So, I mean, it wasn't like – it won like he went and broke the bank. Now he had national deals. He had beats and he had sure. um he had power aid and some others that, that came along, which is great, but not not from the collective. All right, brother. I appreciate your time as always, Matt. Thank you, man. All right, Chuck. See ya. Matt Moscona, one oh four five, ESPN Baton Rouge. There have been some I'll say mixed outcomes of using a college age kid as a spokesperson. There are times where, like, I'm, I'm just, like, hearing the commercial. And I want to see it at that point because I'm listening to this kid, and I wonder if he or she is, like, holding the USA Today, that morning's paper in front of them based on how they sound. Um, they're not supposed to be polished pitch men. And that's kind of the role that they're thrown into. So um, there are times when, like, the Bryce Young, I mentioned this uh, during the fall. The Bryce Young, do y'all remember him? He was on the Fansville commercial, and it was, hi, we replaced our son with Bryce Young. I'm like, hmm, this is the creepiest name image likeness. Then Caleb Williams was on it this year, and he was funny. Creepy commercial still, but Fansville, I told you, it, it went dark this season. Like, it went absolutely spooky this season. Uh, Caleb Williams, very good. But it's an uneven product most often, which you can imagine when you're dealing with 18, 19, 21-year-olds. 20, so, all right, I appreciate Matt coming on. And so much going on around uh, LSU and, uh, again, uh, with the rosters and the construction <laughs> and looking for a new running back. Uh, I am quite certain that is uh, that is one scholarship that Brian Kelly is going to have to fill because um, as it sits right now, um, three felonies pending and uh, one of them attempted murder, one of them illegal use of a firearm, and there's another property uh, felony as well. So just tough, tough, tough times for everybody involved uh, with Trey Holly. So, all right, we're going to take a break and continue on this Friday next.
more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. We know that having Coach Belichick on defense, Coach Carroll on offense, there's nothing more attention that's going to be brought to our program than that. And if you want to be the NFL 33rd team, you might as well have two iconic head coaches' sons running the offensive and defensive side of the ball and have two iconic head coaches making a lot of trips to Seattle to see our team practice and see our team play. And that's where I think we separate ourselves. UW head coach Jed Fish, who was just recently the Arizona head coach, who just before that was surprising a lot of people by getting the Arizona job, which wasn't thought of as a very attractive job. Now he's at Washington. It's pretty, he said 33rd NFL franchise, 33rd NFL team. Um, Washington is a, like really, even before last season, you would look at him and go, "Yeah, they're 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 a they're a buttoned up, <laughs> at least corrected after Jimmy Lake got whacked, um, buttoned up quote professionally run. They're they're stable. They're they're in the club. You know what you get with Washington. And then last season happened, so it's a transition. And for him to say we're going to be the thirty third, you know." you're talking to your players and your fans and your donors, and you're talking to a lot of people other than just the media there. But he's, he's got the right idea and Washington is a place where it can happen. And I think it's actually a little more likely to happen now that you're on the big 10 stage, way tougher week to week. And you've got an adjustment coming, Uh, but it's not just all the transfer kids. They had 13 kids invited to the combine. So it's not just all the players who left who still, oh my gosh, this kid was only a sophomore and we lost him. No, you lost 13 players off the roster who were good enough to get invited to Indianapolis. He said he is, Jeff Fish said he's practiced. He said media fans, you want to come to practice? Anybody wide open. So, okay. So he's doing that. That's interesting. But he is um, very chest out when it comes to his program. When I say practice, their spring practice doesn't conclude. He'd given the schedule, and that was part of the comments he was making. He'd given the schedule. Their spring practice doesn't conclude until the first Saturday in May. We'll be watching the Kentucky Derby. They'll be having the purple and gold game. That's after you have to declare if you're going to get in the portal. I I'm pretty sure. And so that is an interesting way because what happens after the spring game? Oh, dang. I didn't take that starting job after all. Or wait a minute. Why is that early enrollee ahead of me? I started four games last year. It's supposed to be my time. Uh, portal. Well, if you don't have the spring game until May 3rd or 4th, well, guess what? Can't jump in the portal at that point. That just that jumped out to me. Hey, what's going on, man? So I'm always interested in how we define news, Chuck. There's some things that are obvious news. You know, if uh, a meteor lands in Midtown, okay, that's that's news. That's immediate news. Everybody everywhere hears about it all at the same time. But uh, then there's other times where there'll be some story that might have been news, but it wasn't news to you at the time. So suddenly it gets treated like news to you, even though it's years old. We got an example of that out of Ohio yesterday. The Columbus Dispatch went with this. I swear to you verbatim, this is the headline as written on the uh, dude who sent it out uh, for them's uh, Twitter. Exclusive. So exclusive, Chuck. I mean, this is uh, nobody's got this but them. Exclusive. 
New Ohio State AD Russ Bjork faced accusations of lying about former Ole Miss coach. Bjork denies allegations. It's the Houston Nuts stuff with Hugh Freeze back in the day, Chuck. That's what this is. It's just a retelling of the fact that when Ross Bjork was the AD there at Ole Miss, as we all know, Ole Miss wound up because of Houston Nuts' attorney digging into things, having to let Hugh Freeze go. Uh, but the whole reason there was an attorney digging into it in the first place was that, that Houston Nuts yeah. said, you guys tried to pin this stuff on me and blame me for stuff I had nothing to do with. It was Thomas Moore stuff. It, it, so th- this is literally stuff that was litigated. A decade ago. <laughs> I mean, this is, it should be shocking. This is when you read a story about a recruit signing and then there's a link at the bottom of it. Uh, two more South Florida recruits commit to the Canes and it's a story from two years ago. Um, it is a short game and you really you, you, you might get a click or two from someone and then you burned them. But it is a it is a tactic, and I've seen this actually with the local NFL team. Uh, has been retweeting Jimmy Lake had sideline altercation with assistant or with player. I'm like when he was the head coach at Washington, and as part of the reason he was publicly fired two and a half years ago. Like it's listed as breaking news almost. Yeah, I just I find it absolutely hilarious that uh, look Explosive. I would have expected Columbus to have been paying that much attention to the old Miss AD back ten years ago, but. The idea that this is some sort of deep, in-depth breaking news that they ferreted out with their sterling journalists. Okay. Way to today, go, Columbus Dispatch. I bet it is exclusive today. I bet there is not one other media outlet in Columbus going with it today. So, in the truest sense of the word, exclusive. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.